Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Happy hump day. Thank you. Yeah. Haven't heard Thank that you. term in a while. Huh? I know. It's hump day. <laughs> day died. I wonder why that term died. <laughs> Probably because they played the ad way too many times. That's my guess. Mm. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we kind of beat that one in the ground a little bit yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, kind of like Travis Kelsey. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. We're never friends- over that. Well, my friends were just talking about they're like that he's gonna get oversaturated. I was like, I don't know. He's such a nice, clean cut guy. I mean, I feel like people have a higher threshold because of that. You know, he's just he's very likable, so it makes it a little bit harder to get sick of him. <laughs> Did you guys see that article? It was like Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift hold hands for the second time. Did it you was see like, <laughs> who the fuck is counting how many times they are holding? hands and then well, we're all an watching article the progression on it. in real life of their relationship okay good god so i did see a really funny meme that took all the pictures of him grabbing her hand and yes. it says that she holds his hand like a football and it or he holds her hand like a football and it's really true it's so funny the way he holds it with both hands and like protects it is like him grabbing a football, which I thought was really cute. Oh, that's 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 amazing. <laughs> and also, I loved how he told the security guard he'd take it from there when he was helping her get out of the car. I'm sorry, but that's hot. <laughs> Listen, I'm not upset about it. I like it. I like the whole thing about it. But like, good God, give them some space. Yes, I agree. They do need space. We should leave them alone. It's bad. I don't feel like you really mean that. <laughs> I don't, and that's why we're not on video. <laughs> Be like you're like, yes, we should. But I kind of like to know about it though at the same time. Like, yeah, can I exactly. just get like, you know, maybe like one weekly update or something? Not like every day there's like seven more things. I know. We're all just really invested at this point because it went from, you know, him going to her concert and wanting to talk to her and she shut it down. And then now now look now look at where we've come. You literally hear about it during the actual football games, which is hilarious. Yeah. The NFL is definitely capitalizing on it. So. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. As they should. They brought in bringing in new fans. <laughs> They're just like, oh, this is awesome. We're getting people to watch that you usually wouldn't watch otherwise just to see a glimpse of her. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Pretty Did crazy. Did you see the uh, TikTok with Lance Bass, how he held, he held the sign up when they went to him? He said, not Taylor Swift. And he's like, sorry. <laughs> no, yeah. that's funny. So funny. <laughs> I thought that's that was hilarious. funny. <laughs> poor guy really reaching for it yeah. <laughs> gosh uh, well, well should um, we get into it yeah as fun as this is and too bad we're not in the music industry or nfl or sports industry but let's have get a back side to podcast about taylor swift <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um let's get started today and talking about some acquisitions right well, um, let's start and we can talk about USLBM. Um, so before we get into them, uh, we've been kind of discussing a little bit of the differences between USLBM and US Lumber because they're very easy to kind of get confused because the names are very, very similar. And they very both have similar. locations in Georgia. so it And can they be- both sell lumber. So Exactly. So to start off with, USLBM, um, although they do have a pseudo headquarters, from what I understand now, in the Georgia, um, Atlanta area, still we have them their main headquarters in Buffalo Grove, Illinois. Um, and the U.S. Lumber Group theirs is in, let's make it from Duluth, Georgia. 
So USLBM is primarily um, an operator of retail lumber yards throughout the United States. Um, they've spent the past, I don't even know how many years, honestly, um, probably about like 10 years or so, accumulating multiple, multiple, multiple lumber yards um, throughout all the U.S., usually in a mid to small size chains, um, you know, five, 10 locations, sometimes even less. Um, went through a big realignment earlier this year where they um, basically kind of merge all the subsidiaries into a couple of just wholly owned ones to kind of make things easier for them going forward. But they're, yeah, so USLBM's in the retail side where the US Lumber Group, they are in the um, wholesale side. So they also have dis um, distribution areas throughout um, the United States. Um, for example, it's a couple of different locations that they have other than Georgia, North Carolina, um, Alabama, Tennessee, Indiana, Kentucky. Um, so they're kind of, you know, in the eastern side of the U I mean, Easter East Coast, um, Minnesota, Massachusetts, New York, um, that kind of an area more so than the West Coast primarily. Right. Um, the way I remember there, I'm going to remember now is USLBM is blue and it has a house for its logo. U.S. Lumber is black and gold, and they have a what looks like the outline of a flag, United States flag, for their logo. Yep. And U.S. Lumber Group, now I'm going to have to make sure I stay on top of this, <laughs> um, they are owned by Specialty Building Products, um, also out of uh, Duluth, Georgia, is where I have the headquarters located at. Um, one other interesting thing is that, um, especially building products, um, they also recently acquired, um, Amherart in Green Bay, uh, and they previously had before that acquired DW distribution as well as, um, Reeb Millwork in, uh, Pennsylvania. Yes. And then looks like Alexandria Molding, which we, there's a location here in Washington and Millwork sales. Yep. Yes. Yes. So. That is kind of the line of the delineation of where they're kind of in a similar but different areas, so to speak. What's crazy is that USLBM was founded in 2009. Mm -hmm. it, it's, I mean, they've expanded like crazy. I mean, when I look at their list of acquisitions like we have internally, it's just multiple pages. Wow. It's, it's, it's crazy. They capitalized on a failing market for sure. Yes, yes. And they, they're just all over the place. And they, they've been kind of quiet this year also as well. I mean, up until what we're about to talk about, I mean, it, I don't remember if they even, this might be the first acquisition they made this year, actually. Um, I think it might be actually. Um, so I guess get into that one, which is um, earlier this month on the 4th of October, USLBM had announced that they'd acquired Manning Buildings, Building Supplies in um, Florida. They, uh, Manning is headquartered in Jacksonville, and they have other locations throughout the Florida uh, market in the eastern and central area of Florida. So, once again, you know, similar kind of idea of, you know, fits right into their, their the one like I spoke about, um, a regional one. I think they had like, I forget how many locations they had. I wanted to say five or six. I could be wrong on that, Manning. I think it was right around that area. Um, so yeah, so it's going to be, they'll end up rolling that up into one of their subsidiaries by the end of the year, um, is what I understand from when I spoke with the company too. Um, now also with USLBM, because one article about them isn't enough, <laughs> um, <laughs> just this week on what would have been Monday, they announced that there had been a joint venture ownership agreement with Bain Capital and Platinum Equity, where, um, Platinum Equity is going to purchase an ownership stake in Bain, I mean, in 
U.S. Lum- <laughs> oh my goodness, U.S. LBM <laughs> from Bain Capital. Too many companies and too many U.S.s. So once again, Platinum Equity is purchasing um, a equal stake of um, ownership in U.S. LBM from Bain Capital. So that is they're expecting that to close at the end of the first quarter of next year in 2024. But um, as I said, at the time, once it's done, it said that they were very specific that Bain Capital and Platinum Equity will have equal ownership stake, stakes in a joint void board governance. Wow, I can't talk. Wow. Void. <laughs> so that's a lot of um, words. <laughs> there's a lot of layers to that. It's <laughs> a lot of words. Yeah. That's a lot of words. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's why I tried to repeat it twice is because like that's a lot going on there. So overall, just, you know, more more hands in the pot, so to speak. <laughs> totally. Totally. Maybe which is interesting up- because is that going to set them up for more acquisitions? We'll see. Well, it, see. it absolutely could, and I mean, an interesting thing is that um, literally, just a few, this isn't part of what actually was going to be brought up, but um, that Platinum Equity just earlier in October they'd also announced that they had uh, made an agreement to purchase the Cook and Boardman Group. If you're familiar with them at all, I'm not. What are they? They're in um, mm-hmm. Indiana. They, they, they're not necessarily uh, like directly in our wheelhouse, but they deal with, um, I believe it's like kind of like more hardware and door type um, materials, if I remember correctly. Interesting. All right. Well, um, let's move on to curtailments and expansions. Are there any oh, happening? There's a couple. Well, there's one more, um, two more acquisition things just to know oh. real quick um, that We're are not, not USLBM related. <laughs> um um, this is a this was actually a real big one that came across at the end of last week, which is um, Rona's um, division, Dick's Lumber, up in um, Canada. They had um, acquired Zytec Building Systems. Um, Zytec is headquartered, and their locations in Canada are in Alberta, and they also have one site in the Dallas Fort Worth area in the United States and Texas. So um, currently they're just operating them as previously had they had been Zytec that is, and um, they're operating as a wholly subsidiary of Rona at this point in time. Now they could change it, you know, in the future as time goes on, they could merge their operations under, you know, maybe the Dick's banner potentially. But as of right now, business as usual for Zytec, just, you know, being owned by Rona at this point in time. And the other fun little quick one, which probably everyone saw because it was pretty big news, is that uh, Live Ventures, they had uh, submitted a proposal to acquire Lumber Liquidators Flooring. Um, It was an unsolicited um, offer. So (laughs) um, this kind of was an interesting (laughs) news. There have been a couple other things earlier this year with, you know, ideas of people potentially, you know, making bids to try to acquire um, um, Lumber Liquidators Flooring. Uh, One one earlier was from the founder. He had tried to acquire them through, I think, his new company, his cabinet's something or other i forget what it is off the top of my head but so it's not the first time this has happened with them so eventually one of these days something's gonna happen because <laughs> it seems like everyone's trying to purchase them for whatever reason that may be <laughs> it seems like a hot commodity right now yeah, what oh, is yeah. what is going on with lumber liquidators right now are they still like in business oh yeah oh yeah yeah they're still still got locations i mean i haven't seen them opening up a lot of new stores but i don't know if they're state i haven't really been tracking that honestly the one around the ones around me are still open that I'm aware of. So I mean, they're just chugging along as far as I know. I mean, they had they had gone you know ups and downs, but I mean, I, I feel like right now they're kind of holding still. From I've seen nothing, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of anything crazy either way coming out, other than you know these um, potential acquisitions. I see. And actually, I do have one more thing on the acquisition one, just because, you know, when we're when we're in Rome, might as well just, you know, see everything there. Uh, <laughs> might as well go to the Coliseum. 
Exactly. While we're there, huh? Um, is that company had announced an agreement to sell um, their commercial segments Vicom business to Plasticolite. I think I pronounced that right, the other one. I'm not as overly familiar with them and how their pronunciation of their company is. Um, it's um, their Plasticolite. They're in. Um, they're based out of Ohio. So that has not been completed yet. Like I said, an agreement, but it's, it's looking to be completed, I believe, by the beginning of November. I think it was said November 1st in the, um, in the uh, press release. Plastic Olite. So, yes, yes. So Interesting. Okay. That's the last one I have on the mergers acquisitions. You know, I had quite a few this week as always. Yeah, there's <laughs> always quite a bit. <laughs> Especially this time of the year, it seems like it tends to wrap up a lot. You know, they're kind of getting a lot of things in in the uh, fall time. Right. <laughs> All right. Are we safe to move to curtailments and expansions? We absolutely can do that. All right. So on the curtailment front, this is going to be uh, hot hot off the press, as they say. Um, this is on the pulp side. Um, International Paper had announced that they are going to permanently close its container board mill in Orange, Texas, and they will permanently cease production on two of their pulp machines in the um, Regalwood, North Carolina site and in Pensacola, Florida locations. So um, it's going to reduce it says it's going to reduce their um employee count by around 900 positions unfortunately which is obviously terrible especially you know when you're looking at three different sites that's awful and you know in those different areas that are going to be impacted as well not good not good at all so obviously very unfortunate to hear that um the only um positive aspect is that we have something kind of offset it which is there is going to be an investment by a different company but in the um similar area in the um the southern area down there which is in um, south carolina and newberry county um west fraser announced that they're going to invest almost 18 million dollars into the operations down there to expand and be able to hire some more people down there hmm. now it's going to create 30 new jobs in that area which is awesome obviously anymore you can get in there you know in an area is going to be great and you know it's going to expand their their mill they have down there uh within that within the um county yep all these Canadian mills with their southern yellow pine investments. Yep. Well, you know well, what? Pop- I thought it slowed down, but it's still going. What's yep, that? Yep. The southern yellow pine investments. I thought it was slowing down. But yeah. it's still they're still trickling in the investments down there in the south. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um okay, what about do we have any movers and shakers this week? Oh, we do. Um, to start, this is a brand new one that's just hot off the press that came in um, today as well. This is um, Ambassador Supply out of Indiana. We've mentioned them a few times recently um, with some hiring and acquisitions they've made as well. Um, they hired um, Kaylee Baser as their new regional human resources manager. So that is starting as effective as of literally today. So that was pretty cool. Congratulations. And then LMW yeah. Supply also announced um, six new branch manager promotions um, in different sites from Texas. Um, Did you say six and, or 60? Uh, six. Oh, I was like, whew. Uh, well, they do. They, they they will announce um, not them as much. A lot of times ABC Supply, they'll do a lot of managers or um, directors as well, and they can have much larger lists too. Like, I think I've seen like 20 before, and then I'm like, oh my goodness, this is a lot. <laughs> so I don't have time to go through all of them. <laughs> 
But with this, there's going to be um, new branch managers in um, Texas, down in um, Georgia, and, and some other locations. Then, you know, we have to go through all the North Carolina and, and everything like that. So breaks down all the different um, promotions I had there as well. So congratulations, everyone involved in that, obviously. <laughs> and that's all for the movers and shakers area. Movers and shakers. All right. Is there anything legal happening in our world? There is actually. There so, always is, right? Oh, there always is. So this one is, um, the first one we have is the EPA. So anytime you hear from them, you know, it's going to be something fine related, it seems like in there. So <laughs> oh, not exciting. Um, it, this has to do with something um, that had happened during a routine check, I guess, in 2021. It said that in 2021, the EPA found an area that discharged stormwater directly offsite and was not included in DR Johnson's SWPCP. Um, so they basically had had them fix it, and it says that Dr. Johnson did take immediate action. They did fix it. So I mean, as of right now, everything is good. But since they did see that violation at that time, they did find them um fifty thousand dollars. Technically, it's forty nine thousand nine forty eight. But holy shit, round up. So yep. So they got charged. Uh, got fined rather. Um, fifty thousand dollars for that violation, though. I have a question. Yep. D- Does the EPA? always announce who it's fighting that's always public knowledge i'm not 100 sure honest i don't know if there's a threshold that they do or they don't have releases but i mean for example this one was an official press release that they actually put out from the, the EPA, epa put it out it. not dr johnson yep it was actually from the actual epa i mean i'm not trying to hide anything but i'm just saying if i screw up like and i'm gonna pay the fine i'm gonna fix it immediately do we have to have a press release about it Mm-hmm. And there was another there's another one that actually came out recently. I'm, I I don't I forget who it is off the top of my head, but there was another one they had. It was a similar thing. It wasn't a large fine that I recall, but they still, you know, still put out there. I would think, you know, that there'd be a level, you know, amount. And I mean, don't get me wrong, fifty thousand dollars isn't nothing, but no, I mean I would no. think that, you know, based off of the situation that brought it to this, it seemed like it was rectified right away. I mean, at least from what I'm reading here, maybe I'm not reading this correctly, but um Yes, I mean, it says right after it says the EPA discussed the unmonitored point of discharge with the facility and the facility agreed to start quarterly water quality samplings as required by permit and sampling results indicated the facility exceeded the permitted water quality benchmarks and then says they took immediate action by installing the yeah. treatment and updating their plan. So, I mean, from what I'm reading from their personally, it sounds like they identified it and they fixed it right away. So, yeah, um, and this was from 2021. So, and they yeah, still I'm not 100% fine. sure why they do that or what the threshold is or if there even is one, honestly. The amount of time that I spend talking about stormwater is actually ridiculous. Really? Mm-hmm. Tell us about that because it's because the the stormwater has zinc, copper, copper, and other pollutants. Like, I just feel like things coming off of lumber are natural. Why? Yeah, you what? have to test it and then you have to remedy it. And then we do ours quarterly. And then if we're without, if we're like outside of the allowed threshold, then we have to like do improvements to our yard like paint things and like make make it so that the I guess like what's the word I'm looking for like the chemicals coming out of the stormwater are reduced and it's directly our responsibility like as it comes out of the mill so where's the stormwater is there a place where it's typically running off at a lumber facility like I don't understand what they're testing yeah they're they're testing like the actual stormwater. Like they get samples of the water that's running off the buildings and running out of the mill. 
weird. So is this going into water sites then that you're speaking of, or is it just going into the ground at this point? That or well, can to be, be honest, I don't actually question. test it myself. We have we hire a we hire a consulting company that comes out mm-hmm. and like manages it all and does it all for us, which is awesome. And then they give us the results and then they tell us what we need to do. I just wonder people who aren't working with natural products, like what's their stormwater runoff look like? No. I know. I don't know if it's like everyone has to do that. I don't know like what the um, threshold is to like require you to do that. I think if you, I don't know, I'm not going to speak on it. Cause I don't know. Crazy. So, well, they're watching us. So yeah. that, and you know, air quality, we have to do a lot of testing for our air quality, our runoff. It's just, it's a lot. I mean, I, I didn't learn also. And noise as well don't you also have to have like things that aren't too noisy within different areas noise, or... luckily okay. maybe that's just the county we're in i don't know it could be because i swear i've seen stuff at least in different states where it's like you know they can't have like facilities are too loud they've been you know they've and things of that nature it's usually like larger mills and things of that nature but yeah we have some like residential houses around our mill too i'm like oh, oh wow okay yeah <laughs> yeah you're like yeah Interesting. So I'm just looking up um <laughs> just just looking up the EPA right now and talking about rainwater. So <laughs> <laughs> basically you want to just be soaking the water up onto your property so it's not running off to anything. That mm-hmm. is the solution. Um just because of all the things that water picks up when it's on its way to wherever it's going that can mm-hmm. harm harm our water system. So interesting. Um to hear that about dear johnson obviously they fixed it and took care of it right away so that's all you can do move on from it i guess um any other legal stories we should talk about um there's i mean this is i guess we'll go in the headline i don't want to necessarily get in this too much because this is a very we could do a whole podcast just on this subject but um, the BC Lumber Trade Council, they issued a statement on the NAFTA dispute panel ruling on softwood lumber. Um, so near and dear you, to my heart. <laughs> yeah, so you just kind of read that. Like I said, it's kind of long. There's a lot of different viewpoints on that, you know, obviously based on, you know, companies, country or anything, things of that nature. So they had, they had just kind of responded to that. And there's been other um, government responses that we've, you know, um, referenced on our website, on our newsletter as well, um, from the different provinces. I think we had one from BC directly, as well as, um, I forget, I think maybe Ontario as well, responding to this as well. So, yeah, they you can just you can you can look at the articles and get into it. I mean, they're basically it's, I don't really want to summarize it because it doesn't do it justice, so to speak. <laughs> you know, so it's easier to kind of go through and just read exactly what they say is, you know, the viewpoint of the ruling is. What I would really like to do if this podcast was my full time job is I would love to go through and because the amount of articles talking about the softwood lumber dispute has significantly increased in the past two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. And I would love to like do make a chart like a chart it out compared to the last time we had a resolution and see if like this increase in articles and people commenting on it publicly like does that mean we're going to be closer to a resolution or does it just mean same old same old i don't know ah I don't know. Good it point. just seems it's just, it's weird that we haven't had one because I mean, from what I understood, now I've been in the industry nearly as long as a lot of you know other people. But it seemed like this is correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the longest we've gone without having any sort of agreement? I don't know. I think it's. I mean, I know it's on the longer end. 
Because I feel like, I mean, I know that I'd heard before that usually, you know, things would get, you know, one way or another fixed, so to speak, from what I understood. But it just, I mean, when did it, 2016, was that when it ended, if I remember? That's not right? 16. See here. So the U.S.-Canada Software Lumber Agreement was signed on September 12, 2006, took effect on October 12, 2006, expired on October 12, 2015. Maybe because it's October, I don't know. Okay. The Lumber Software Act of 2008 was enacted on June 18th, 2008. I think they were like 10-year deals, weren't they? Like 10 years, yeah, 10 that's years, That's what I was thinking that they were. So, I don't know. So, I mean, it's been a decent period of time so far. So, I don't know. Yes. I mean, I've, this is the first I'd heard about it a lot, you know, other than, you know, I think I spoke about it earlier this year as well a little bit. But, I mean, it's been kind of out of the news for quite some time now. So. Right. It's been quiet. Yeah. 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 Well, so, Kitty's, I guess it's been. Kitty's getting pretty years. big, so. Mm-hmm. When did the softwood lumber dispute start? 1982. Hmm. I, oh, this is Wikipedia. So <laughs> the beginnings of softwood lumber dispute commonly referred to as lumber one or lumber I were in 1982 when U.S. lumber industry petitioned the U.S. Department of Commerce to impose a countervailing duty. Now, I thought that the dispute honestly has been going on much longer than that. So I think you're right, Nat. Maybe we need to do an episode on it. Dig in some layers. Could do it deep. Mm -hmm. You can get down to the bottom. Peel the onion. Peel (laughs) the onion. Peel it. (laughs) Um, All right. So how about any market updates? Yeah, just uh, one quick one that actually came out today. It was from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Um, no real surprise here. They said that it has to do with the, they always report on that mortgage applications and mortgage applications decreased. Wah, so one, thing I, one thing I'd like to point out, which I thought was very interesting, is that it said, this is a quote from the MBA's vice president and de- deputy um, chief economist. He said that mortgage applic- applications decreased to their lowest level since 1995 as a 30-year mortgage rate increased for the sixth consecutive week to 7.7%. So I was like, so, oh, that's that's interesting to know. In so summary, pretty- only idiots would list their house right now, is what you're saying. Yeah, essentially. Yes. Natalie. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> cool. Cool, cool. It's been really fun. Um, we've been on the market for a month and we've had uh, we have a showing this weekend. Hey, there you go. Wish me luck. They're flying from out of town. That means it's serious, right? Oh, that is serious. Very nice. Leave cookies on the counter or something. Don't look too desperate, but cookies. (laughs) Desperate enough. Yes. The good thing is we're not in a hurry. So, and we knew that when we listed it. We were like, you know what? Let's just see what happens. If it happens, it happens. If not, if not. But I do get discouraged when I see rates go up every day, but it's out of my control. Yep. Yep. We're going to send you all the good vibes for the showing this weekend. Yeah, especially because I'm out of town. So my husband has to keep the entire house clean by himself. Well, let's just say last week he was hunting and you had to keep the house clean. So things are even over here. I'm just concerned that our level, uh, our standards are different. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is not. (laughs) We should have a therapy podcast, but. We'll save that. <laughs> Got another one. I can be good at the therapy one. I'm very good at that one. <laughs> <laughs> Have you well, expressed for... your concern? 
lumber slingers <laughs> therapy 101 <laughs> all right well, well to round out this episode what's the one thing we need to know um the we're gonna end on a um a more somber note so to speak um one of the and someone in the, pretty well known within the industry from um Powell Valley Millwork, uh James Thornberry. He passed away um on the morning of October 4th of this year, um, in at his home in Lexington, Kentucky. So yeah. So what I'm sorry, what was he um what company was he with? He was with Powell Valley Millwork. Oh, okay. Um they are in um Clay City, Kentucky. On that company. And actually, interestingly enough, earlier this year, they had just been um, acquired. They were acquired by um, an international company, which has a site in the U.S. as well. Um, C- CMPC, if you're familiar with them. Interesting. <laughs> wow. This guy doesn't even look very old. I mean, just found a picture of him on Woodworking Network website. It said oh, that, I mean, it did say his death was unexpected for, you know, what it's worth in the obituary. Oh, so. hate to hear it. Yeah. Well, rest in peace, Jimmy Thornberry. And I'm sure his legacy will live on through his family and the business. It looks like he was very inspiring. Yep. Um, Absolutely. It said he represents the second of a three generation family business. So hopefully mm-hmm. that means that there's a third generation. Sending condolences to his family, too. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, I think that wraps us up for the day, guys. Are, you guys, we need to sign out like Lumber Slingers out. <laughs> no? Is that too nerdy? <laughs> yeah. That, well, remember, we'll, we tried we'll, to do that. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. We're working on it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye, guys. All right, goodbye. <laughs>